Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Red Letter Day is our series that we're in the middle of, and we are working through. This is our third week, third week of Red Letter Days, where we what we're doing is we're looking at the final few words that Jesus spoke when he was hanging on the cross. His final moments while he had his breath in his lungs, he was able to talk. What was he saying? But not just what was he saying to to, uh, the people, to God, then what does he say to us now? That's really the important part about why we've been on this journey for Red Letter Days. What is Red Letter Days? Red Letter is if you have a Red Letter Bible or in, in your apps, if you have a U version or a Bible app, you'll see red letters. You'll see uh, either black or white letters, depending on how you have it set up. And then you see red letters. The red letters are the words of Jesus. And these are the final words of Jesus spoken from the cross. So far, here's what we've learned. He said, uh, he said my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you've ever felt alone in life, you've ever felt abandoned in life, if you've ever felt like you're completely isolated or maybe you go through a situation, you feel like everybody's kind of gone this way and you feel like you're absolutely opposite, if you had pain and suffering in life, I'm here to tell you you're not alone. Jesus Christ felt every bit of suffering, every bit of pain that you and I will ever go through. He took all that suffering upon himself. Not just that, but at that particular point in that particular time, all the sin, all the lies, all the betrayal, all the deception, um, all the pornography, all the hurt, all the pain that has come into our lives was placed upon Jesus at that time, and God himself had to turn and could not look at his own son because his son represented all the sins of all humanity for all times. And I told you that Sunday You may have loneliness in life, but you'll never feel that kind of loneliness because the Bible says that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And because of what Jesus did upon the cross, it guarantees us that God is for us. Because when God looks at us, if we are saved, if we have asked Christ in our life, he doesn't see our sin. He sees what Jesus did upon the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, right? Praise God. And so, Why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt every bit of betrayal, every bit of loss in his life and uh, cried out to his father. Last week, uh, we learned about, uh, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I said this statement last week, and I had somebody actually repeat this back to me. I thought it was really good. Ignorance does not equal innocence. Ignorance does not equal innocence. And just because at some point in your life, you did not know you were sinning, does not make you innocent of sinning. We're all guilty before God. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us in the same boat here. We need a Savior. And Jesus Christ was that Savior. And on the cross, Jesus prayed for you. He prayed for me. He prayed for all humanity. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Their ignorance does not mean their innocence, but God Jesus said, God, I take their sin upon myself, and I ask you to forgive them, just as you will always do in their life. Today, we're going to start with our verses today. If you would, look at John chapter 19, verse 28 and 29. It's going to take us through our direction today. 
Later knowing, the scripture says, knowing that uh, everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, say it with me, I am thirsty. Say it again, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge uh, in it, put a sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Let's pray. Father, help us today to learn the power of your word and what Jesus said on that cross. For God, there lies the truth that we needed a Savior. Jesus, you became all sin for us. You fulfilled all prophecy, and because of that, we have one we can trust and call on in our time of need. Thank you, Jesus, for that. May you speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Water. Water is the most essential element that we have on this planet. It's the, it's the most vital thing we need in life. Do you realize that three-fourths, just about three-fourths of the world is filled with water? That means land is only one, about one-quarter of the world, uh, of, the, of the land mass here. 326, I had to look this up, 326 million cubic miles. Now, that's a lot, big number of water on the planet. Do you realize that our bodies are made up of two-thirds water? Thank God for that. See, this is just a lot of water. Just a lot of water I got here. A lot of water weight. This is not fat. This is not, this is not McDonald's. This is water. I drink too much of this stuff. Um, two and a half quarts of water you need a day. Mm. Man, it's so good. I really don't like the taste of water. Can I be honest with you? I flavor it out all the time. But anyway, um, in your lifetime, you'll drink 16,000 gallons of water. You can live for 40 days without food. You can only live five days without water. And so today, we're going to talk about why did Jesus use these words in the final words, I mean, all the words he could use, I am thirsty. Now, I know what some of you are sitting there saying, he was thirsty. Kevin, don't, don't make something out of nothing. He was thirsty, so he wanted something to drink. And while I will give you that, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, I want you to see today the power of the deeper reasoning why I am thirsty was so profound for Jesus to speak about. So let me just give you a, a picture today. Just as we get into this, I've been saying this every week. So imagine um, Jesus in the garden. He cries out, and uh, he's arrested and betrayed by Judas. He's arrested, and he's taken in. Uh, he is put through many different trials, three different trials to be exact. He was sent to Pilate. Pilate didn't want to judge him. He sent him to Herod. Herod didn't want to judge him. He sent him back to Pilate. So throughout the night, they held these court trials. They, through this time, they beat him uh, with rings, with big signet rings. They would use the seal envelopes. They would smack him, and they blindfolded him and said, tell us who hit you if you're such a Messiah, you're such a godly man. 
Uh, they whipped him with a cat of nine tails, which would have been a whip with uh, pieces of bone and glass and sharp objects tied to the end that when it went to the skin, it would have literally shredded through the skin to rip it, to, to, to emaciate it to nothing. Uh, they took a crown of thorns and they called him old hail king and they forced a crown of prickly thorns upon his head to where it would have went into his skull. Uh, at this time, by the time Jesus speaks these words, he was hanging on the cross for almost six hours. He would have been, he would have not had something to drink for probably up to 18 hours before this time. Imaginely, he would have been very thirsty in a physical, physical way. Today, I want to look at why did he say, I am thirsty? What was he saying in these moments? What was he speaking to the people? What was he speaking to us today? I have three thoughts I want to give to you today about I am thirsty. The first one that he said, he said, I am. Turn your neighbor and say, I am. He was saying, I am. Now, what does this mean? Now, some of you, if you haven't raised in church, you may not know what this necessarily means. But this word, I am, is the word that was used when Moses was in the desert and a burning bush was in front of him and he bows down and the bush starts talking to Moses, telling him he's gonna, he asked, telling him, you're gonna deliver my people, the children of Israel from Egypt. And when you do, you're gonna go do this. And Moses said, well, who do I tell them has sent me? Who am I gonna say has sent me to deliver all these Egyptian slaves from Egypt? And God says, tell them that I am the I am. Now, I don't know about you. I'd be like, what? You didn't say anything. No, he said, tell them I am the great I am. Look at it with me today. Uh, Genesis, Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, 14 and 15 says, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Say to these people, God also said, Moses, say to these people, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. I am. I am the great I am. That means none others are above him. That means there is no one greater than I am. He don't have to have a name to describe who he is. He is the I am. And this I am, this is what Jesus was saying in this time. Jesus said in, in, in the verse, it says, knowing that all these things had already been accomplished so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus says, I am thirsty. Now, this knowing in this particular uh, Greek word here, this knowing actually is not the, the, uh, uh, it's not the experience of knowing something that he's for sure of. It is an innate innate. Uh, understanding that he is the one that was sent by God. He knew what he was. You realize that there are 332 prophecies about the Messiah throughout the Old Testament, 332. And Jesus, from the time he was born to the time he dies, every single one had been accomplished. And in fact, in the last 24 hours of Jesus' life, 20 prophecies are being fulfilled in the last 24 hours. And this particular I am thirsty 
is one of the final prophecies that are spoken about for Jesus' life. Here's what I mean. John 19, 29, it says that he says, I am thirsty. And it says a jar of sour wine or vinegar was sitting there. They soaked it in a sponge and they put it on a hyssop branch and they held it up to him. Thus fulfilling this prophecy, Psalm 69, verse 21. They also gave me gall for food for my, for my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. He is the I am. Every prophecy fulfilled through the life of Jesus. If there's ever been a doubt about who Christ or who Jesus was, they can find that throughout his life, prophecy upon prophecy, 332 of them found in the life of Christ and what he did in 20 in the last 24 hours. He says, I am thirsty. So he is, number one, I am. The second thing he was saying was this, I understand. Not only I am the great I am, I am the one who had been prophesied about, but I understand what you're going through. I understand what you're going to go through. He is the big word coming up here. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for a big word. I'm going to sound really smart, but I had to go over this 40 times to say it right. He is the theanthropic person. That's right. Make sure I said it right. He is the theanthropic person. Theo mean, means God. Uh, anthro means man. He is the fully God and man. Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. He was born of a virgin, not of man's seed, but of God's seed. He is fully God. He is fully man. And he says, I am thirsty, showing the thirst that we all have in our lives for more of who God is. See, in this particular passage, we see the humanity of Christ. We saw the Theo of Christ, I am, and we see the humanity of Christ. He's thirsty, like we all get thirsty. We all get hungry. Jesus was a human. He was human. He was fully God. He was fully man. He was a human. He went through the same things that you and I go through. He cried uh, at Lazarus' tomb. He, he was tired. He took a nap in a boat one day, and a storm came up. Uh, he felt pain. He felt hurt. He bled. He, he was fully human in every single way. He bled, and he died for each and every one of us. He had the same temptations that we have. Notice I say temptations, but he did not give in to them. His scripture says that he was tempted in every way so that why? He could be a perfect high priest for each and every single one of us. Here's what Hebrews 4, 15 says. We can approach God, why? Because this high priest of ours, what does he do? He, say it with me, he understands our he understands what you're going through. For he faced all the same, say it again, testings, yet he what? He did not sin. The theanthropic person, fully God, fully man, went through everything that we were going through, felt every pain. You feel sadness? How many of you guys ever feel sadness? Raise your hands up. Anybody ever feel sadness? Yep. Anybody feel fear? Any fears? Any fear? 
Anybody uh, sometimes feel like anxiety? Anxiety. Um, he felt all that. He, he, was, he was tested like all of us. He understands anger and sadness and fever and, I'm sorry, and fear and pain and weariness and tiredness, hunger and thirst. He was human. He's not just the I am. He is understanding about what you're going through today. I think about this. When I was going through uh, financial struggles, I was trying to figure out finances. I was trying to figure out how to handle my resources and what God blessed me with and things like that. I had options to talk to people. I didn't want to talk to the broke person because the broke person ain't going to be able to help me understand how to get out of debt if they're broke themselves. They're trying to figure it out themselves. I could have went to a millionaire who's been a millionaire their entire life and said, how did you get your millions? And they would not have been able to help me at all either because they've already had money. Instead, I had to go to people who had nothing, who figured a formula or figured a system out that worked for them, and I would ask them advice about how do I handle my resources. Now you say, why do you say that? Well, here's why. This is who God is to us. Jesus Christ came to earth, experienced all the suffering, all the pain, all the agony, all the, all the hurt that you feel. He felt all that. And that's why he's a compassionate God. That's why he understands what we're going through. He feels the same struggles that we have. He is not so far away. He is not a God out there who's never experienced human suffering. He has. He is right now. And therefore, we can go to him with confidence that he will understand what we're going through. James 1.5 says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That means he hears you. He understands you. He knows what you're going through. He is the I am. He understands what you're going through. And number three, he was saying this, I alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, alone. Jesus was saying, I alone can satisfy the deepest hurts in your life. I alone can find you where you're at and know that I am with you and for you where you're at. Humanity, every single one of us in this room, regardless of your age, regardless of your background, regardless of your church, if you've been church, you haven't been church, it doesn't really matter. Every single one of us in this room were created with a God-shaped hole in our heart. That God-shaped hole, mankind from the very beginning of time has been trying to figure out how to fill it. Been trying to figure it out by filling it with drugs, with alcohol, with substance, Others have been trying to fill it with relationships with, with men and with women and trying to fill a gap that only God can fill. Other people try to fill it with money and, 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 and with houses and cars and, 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 and motorcycles and, and, and boats and ski-doos and all this stuff. There's so many different ways that mankind tries to fill this God-shaped hole in their life. But I'm here to tell you, According to what I know about God and what I know about what Jesus is saying, Jesus right here and now is saying, listen, I am the Messiah that was promised and prophesied about. I understand that you're going through struggles and fears and doubts and, and, and insecurities. I understand that. But here's the thing. I alone am the only one that can fill you. 
I'm the only one that brings you peace when you need it the most. In the middle of the most trying times. In the middle when you get the phone call from the doctor and he says, we have no hope. You have three months to live. In that moment, in that time, I alone, God alone, Jesus Christ alone is the only one that can comfort you. He's the only one that can fill you. When your kids are far from God, when they're dabbling in the things that you know is going to lead them down paths of destruction, and you want to do everything you can to protect them, and you know that you have to let them go, you have to trust that he alone loves them and holds them in his hand. He alone can be the only one that, I say, haunts them, goes after them, and loves them, and brings them and draws them back. I alone, Jesus is saying, I am the only one. Here's what Psalm 42 says, as a deer pants for streams of the water, my soul longs after God, the living God. Paul, Paul said, Paul said, in him we move, we breathe, and we exist. Everything we do is in him. God used water throughout scripture for many different things. God used water uh, to do powerful things. In fact, uh, Noah, when Noah, when God talked to Noah and said, build an ark, and uh, I'm going to flood the earth because wickedness has prevailed. That water was the thing that separated wickedness from righteousness in Noah and his family. Uh, Moses, fast forward, Moses, the children of Israel are in Egypt and they're slaves under Egyptian rule. And God says to Moses, I want you to go and set them free. He goes and says, I am sent me and you're going to let Hit my children go. You're going to let God's children go. And the Pharaoh was like, nope, not going to do it. What did he do? He turned the water into blood so they couldn't drink to prove who God was. Then as they leave and they're on their way out, Pharaoh changes his mind and says, know what? I need my slaves back. Go back and get them. They chase after them. They come to a Red Sea. And what happens? God parts the Red Sea and the Israelite children cross on dry ground. And the water comes in and collapses around the Egyptian soldiers as they pursued them. Then, still yet, in the desert, here is millions of people in the desert without water. And God says, what do you want me to do? Or uh, Moses said, what do you want me to do, God? And God says, hit the rock with your staff. And Moses did that, hit the rock. The rock opened and water began to pour out. And it poured out for millions of people. Why? He's the provider. He is the essence of life. He is the essential of all that we need. Nahum was a, Naaman was a man that was the Syrian captain. He wasn't even a godly man. And Elijah, he had leprosy. And Elijah says, go to the river Jordan and wash, and you'll find your leprosy healed. What did he do? He went and did it. God healed him. Uh, Jesus, oh my gosh, Jesus, so much water stories, I can't go into all of them. But Jesus, you know, uh, a, ma a blind man comes and Jesus stoops down and he spits in some mud. Now that wasn't the water I was talking about. But what does he say? He rubs the mud in his face and he says, go and wash it off. And the man can see for the first time. We see this throughout the day of Pentecost. Uh, the day that uh, started the church. And Peter stands up before thousands of people that 
were from other faiths, were Jewish and all kinds of different faiths, and he preaches about who Christ was and what Christ did. And thousands were saved. And what did Jesus say? Or what did Peter say? Peter said, you need to be baptized. The baptism means it's actually dip under, baptism. What is baptism? Let me tell you what baptism. First off, baptism is not a church thing. It was a thing that they did way back in the old days before Jesus. It is a Jewish practice. And here's what it was. Um, if, uh, if I was a rabbi and I had a, a student that would follow my teachings and they would say to me, Kevin, Rabbi Kevin, I like the sound of that. I might start using that, Rabbi Kevin. Rabbi Kevin, I want to follow your teachings. In Jewish culture, I would take that student or that, 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 teach, that person that's going to follow my teaching, I would take them to a public place, and I would say, I, Rabbi Kevin, am baptizing Terry, Terry Lovell, because he would be my student. And I would say, I would say I, he is no longer going to follow his teachings. He's going to follow my teachings, and publicly I would put him under and bring him back up. Baptism in our world today is symbolic, and here's what it means. It means that you are dead to your old life and you're alive to Christ. It does not wash away your sins. It has nothing to do with sins. Jesus took care of that on the cross, right? Right? Water baptism is a public declaration to those in this community, those in this church community that says, I am no longer following my ways. I'm going to follow the ways of teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do my best to live for him from this day on. So on the 29th, you go on our CrossU Connector online. You can sign up right there on our CrossU Digital Connector. We want to get you baptized because there's power in the testimony of what that says. It's proclaiming to all those here that you're a follower of Jesus. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Thousands baptized in the name of Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Water is a powerful symbol of the cleaning and the washing and the changing of a life. Our old life dead. Our new life is now here to come. So I encourage you, be a part of the baptism coming up on March 29th at 10 a.m. Sign up with your connectors. We'd love to have you guys join us this new life in Christ memorial mashup. May the 29th. What did I say? It's not March because we're already past that. If you did it and you forgot about it, it didn't make an impact, you need to get on the May train. May 29th, we're going to do it again, all right? So get your wet again. Uh, I've had people, I had, this side note, I have had people that were baptized as a, as a child that said, you know, I just did it because I was kind of told to do it. I'm here to tell you, as an adult, it means so much more that you understand what it was and why you're doing it. You understand the public declaration. For those who don't know, our baptism is right behind this screen right here. It's right there. Um, so we're, we have, a, our memorial mashup is a day we celebrate Memorial Day, memories, we promote our kids up to the next place of learning, and we baptize people, and uh, it's just a wonderful day. So if you have not been baptized, you'll hear more about it in the next couple weeks. Please get on board for water baptism. So I was using this as an uh, illustration because water is the most essential thing we have in life. It's, it's the life-giving source of what we do. I, I do enjoy water, especially after preaching. It's really good. Um, but sometimes this thing called sin comes into our life. 
And that sin changes who we are, contaminates the purity of who God desired us to be, changes us from pure to something different. And this scripture where Jesus says, I am thirsty, he's saying, I am, I understand, and I alone can make you whole. I alone can make you right. Here's what, here's what the scripture says. Look at John 4, 13 through 14. It says, everyone who drinks this water, speaking of physical water, uh, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water that's contaminated can only be purified by the changing of its content. And so what happens is when we come to know who Christ is, he begins to work in us. He begins to transform us. He begins to change us. He begins to make us completely and totally new. So that which was dirty is now made clean. The power of the cross, the power of the resurrection changes us from the inside out. The power of his love and his sacrifice moves us to a greater place. Bow your heads to me today. Father, we thank you, God, that you're here with us. We thank you that you transform us and change us and you make us completely, totally new. You take the parts that are dirty, the parts that are sinful, and you make them right because you transform us and change us from the inside out. Jesus, we just want to, can we just take a moment? We just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for going through the pain and the suffering of the cross. Without it, we have no hope. Today, God, we may be in this room and we're like that glass that's contaminated. We're like that glass, that, that sin that has so easily filtered into our life. And God, your water comes and changes us. Your water makes us new. It makes us whole. It completes us. God, we're thirsty today for more of you. We're thirsty today because you change us from the inside out. With head bowed and eyes closed today, as you're praying, right here in this moment in time, some of you today, maybe you're at a place where you know, you know you need this hope in Jesus. You need this transformation that only Christ can bring. Some of you today, you've been trying to fill the God-shaped hole with other people, with other things, with substances, with distractions. You've been trying to fill the God-shaped hole with material things. And you find yourself at a more sad, more unhappy, more depressed, depressed place than you've ever been. I'm here just to tell you today, the only way you find fulfillment today is from coming and surrendering, surrendering your life to Christ. And just as the scripture just, I just read, if you drink from 
this water, you will be thirsty. But if you drink from eternal water, from him, from Jesus Christ, you will never thirst again. You will never thirst again. That means you will find contentment. You will find peace in who Christ is. So in the next few moments of time, I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, search us. Search us as we acknowledge that you are the one who fills our thirst. I get it. You think you can figure it out. I get it. You think you got a secret formula and you can make this. And if I do this, I do this. And then I do this. No, no, no. I'm here to tell you the only way you can find it, the only way it can help you, the only way you get to the place of healing, the only place you find a a place of, of restoration is in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. What he did upon the cross, the pain he suffered was your pain that you're trying to carry right now. He took that for you. That, that, Anxiety, that fear, that, that thing, that depression, that struggling that you're struggling with. He took that and he nailed it to the cross. And all he wants you to do is come and surrender. All he wants you to do is to lay it down. All he wants you to do is to call out to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need to drink from your everlasting water because I have drank and I, it, doesn't quench, it doesn't fulfill my quench. I need you, Jesus. So as we sing this again, I'm going to just encourage you to do something. What we call altar would just be steps down front. Uh, if you want to come, I want you just to come out from where you're at and say, I need Jesus. I need to fill the God-shaped hole in my life. I need him to quench my thirst because I know that I'm not satisfied. And I can only find satisfaction in you, Jesus. So I come. I come. So as we sing this again, I want you to step out from where you're at. If you want to come, I want you to step out from where you're at. Find a place down front and just say, Jesus, here I am. I come. I come. I come to find my fulfillment and my quenched of my thirst. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrow. 
Jesus, thank you for sacrifice. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving your life for us, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you don't give up on us. Thank you that you don't forget about me. You don't walk away from me, Jesus. You're always right there. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Even though I don't feel very loved, and even though I don't feel very lovable, you love me, God. You care for me, and you see where I'm at. I know you're what I need. So Jesus, be with us. Can we sing, come to the altar? pray you go with us today. Keep us in your hands. Help us to walk with you every day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us, I pray. May you go with us right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.